Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Links and Locks Podcast. Podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody? And welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks podcast, The Best Bets. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He is Ben Everell from the PGA Tour. We will go back and forth playing 18 holes, making 18 bets for this week's regular season finale. The 46th of 46 regular season PGA Tour events the Wyndham Championship. Benny, I, I can't believe we're here so soon, and yet it feels like this year has taken 17 years off our lives. Yeah, it's been a long one, mate, as as you well know. Um, but, yeah, look, we, we got it. The, the last-ditch um, push for those 125 spots in the playoffs here at the Wyndham Championship, and then we get to do that. We get to do the three weeks of run and gun for the FedEx Cup. I'm looking forward to that, as always. A different venue, or the, albeit... A, a known one for the first playoff event, and then an absolutely new place for the second before we get to East Lake for the closeout. Um, but yeah, like as I said before, we get there. We've got to get through this last week, and guys looking to you know either get themselves in that top one twenty five or a handful of guys just trying to sneak their way into the top ten for some extra bonus money as well. Yeah. So before we get to our picks for the Wyndham Championship, a little housekeeping to get to last week here on the pod, you and I had a little side action. <laughs> I, I don't know what I was thinking. I took Ricky Fowler. You took Jason Day. I, mm-hmm. I guess in my from my perspective and the way I'll explain it away, my excuse is that anytime you can bet against Jason Day right now, I think you take it. He made the cut. He actually played okay. Ricky Fowler did not make the cut. What a surprise. You win. Yeah, well, look, mate, I'll enjoy that beer when it gets to time to uh, collect. Uh, as I said, think last I said last week. Look, Jace, just every now and then I feel like I can read him and read the body language and the, and the, the voice, and I believed him that he's starting to sort of slowly turn a corner. And again, like I don't have him written down. I don't think very much. Oh, I might might bring him up at some point today, but uh, just just trending ever so slightly back towards what will be a bigger season next year. Um, so keep your eyes on Jason as the as time goes by. But look, pretty sure I I said that Finau would be top ten. Can't believe you did so well to win again. Yeah. Well, Cameron Young, my Cameron Young pick. I told you to fade Zalatoris and go Cameron Young, but then he still. What about another podium for Cameron Young? What about having that many top threes and not winning in your rookie year? It's ridiculous. Absolutely the rookie of the year. He's, I think, going to win something at some point. Yeah. 
I got on Zalatoris a little too much last week. I wonder if we're going to mention him this week. I have a feeling <laughs> the name might come up uh, for the Wyndham Championship. And oh, by the way, I had Taylor Pendrith on the pod last week as well. So let's not forget that. So You did have that. It was a good one. All the credit. I can't wait. By the way, I'm paying off that lost bet and buying you a Foster's. I'm going <laughs> to make you the biggest cliche in the world. Uh, you know, yeah. to drink Foster's, okay? Yeah. Just for okay. you winning, Jason Darrell. Right, let's get to our 18 holes, 18 bets. Ben Emerald, you're on the tee. Your first bet, play away. Uh, my first outright for the week. Um, I almost had him as my number one pick, but I'm going to go with him as my number two just because I've been calling the other guy for weeks and weeks, and we'll get to that later. But uh, I want you to look at a guy that's got a pretty decent record uh, at Sedgefield, T6, T9, T24, a scoring average of 66 in his 12 rounds. Never shot over par in his three efforts at this golf course. Sung J M is anywhere between 1,200 and 1,800 if you do your research and look around to win this tournament. Uh, T2 last week, or sorry, last time he played. And yeah, look, I think Sung Jae's trending in the right direction and is a big name to watch this week. I think that's a really good call. I didn't mention him in my preview, but you make some really good points there about Sung Jae. So I do like that. And by the way, we are recording this on Monday evening. And if you hear some some odds that Ben and I give out and you're like, wait, where was that? Maybe it was only available on Monday. Maybe it changed. I mean, not only the books have wildly different odds from book to book for this event, they can't even get together on who the favorite or even co-favorites should be on this event. So things are a, a little wild out there. If you have multiple accounts, check them this week. This is a great week to shop around in different accounts and try to find the best price for yourself. So, uh, you gave us some JM. I always like starting out with a long shot here on the pod. So the second hole, I'll go to a guy that does not have a great record at Sedgefield. I'll admit that, but tends to play his best golf in his native Southeast tends to put well on the Bermuda greens. And he's a very good ball striker 30th on the PGA tour in strokes gain on approach shots at a hundred to one. I don't mind sprinkling a little on Matthew Neesmith. I, I think he's got oh. a talent to go out there and, and win a PGA Tour event at some point. And there are about three or four throughout the year. This, uh, the RBC Heritage, uh, the RSM are, are the types of places where I would play him. So why not take a shot on him at 100 to 1? Yeah, I love I love keeping an eye on him just from that small bit of contact we have with Palmetto, mate. As you know, every Masters, we sort of head there and play at that wonderful golf course where Kisner and Brown and, and Neesmith sort of spent some time growing up and – they tell me every year the exact same thing you said. He's going to win one of those three or four tournaments you've mentioned. I forgot until just now. So, absolutely, I can't fault that. And I'm a bit annoyed, actually, that I didn't think to put him in at some point. I'll just pretend I did a bit <laughs> later on. But, all right, I'll go to a top 10 play. And this is as vanilla as it comes when it, when it comes to this place. The only thing is that form this season, nothing to write home about. But when you have 11 of 13 top 25s starts at this golf course, uh, top 10s in nine of your 13, and the last five reading third, second, second, third, seventh, I think a top 10 for Webb Simpson at plus 200 is too much to not get on. I mean, honestly, I know he's been playing terrible, but he could probably turn up at this joint left-handed and finish up near the top. He named one of his kids after the title sponsor (laughs) of the tournament. That's my yeah. only rule in golf betting, Benny. If you name yeah. one of your kids after the title sponsor, until yeah. we see an AT&T Spieth, 
running around. <laughs> Go see a waste management Scheffler or a Genesis yeah. Shoffley. I will be looking at Wyndham Simpson as potentially a, a play of this one. Yes, you're right. He has a great record. Hasn't been great this year. That's a very interesting one. Uh, by the way, he's the prime example of the books not being able to get together on this. The last I checked, Webb was the co-favorite at 15 to 1 on FanDuel, and he was fifth on the board at 20 to 1 on DraftKings. So shop around. All right. Fourth hole. I'm going with the guy that I have a feeling you're going to mention at some point. You faded him last week. You might not fade him this week. Will Zalatoris for a top five. Look, he was my favorite outright play. Got off to a sluggish start, but what I really liked from Zalatoris was the fact that he improved by multiple strokes during each of the two weekend rounds. So he, he found a little something on the weekend. The ball striking is always great. The putting was improved on the weekend at plus 275. I'll play him for a top five. Yeah, I'll get to him a bit later on. It's just all right. <laughs> um, all right, then let's go uh, fifth hole. And look, most weeks we look for you know stats or trends or things, um, play, the way players are going. And obviously I went with Simpson, who's not been playing that well, but does well on this track. This tournament is one of the, the most horses for courses there are uh, during the season. So guys with track record just seem to keep putting it out there. So with that in mind, my top five play, at 550, and again, you've, I've seen it at 400, 550, 750 in some spots, so shop around. But a former champion in Siwoo Kim, uh, who has won, then he, then he missed a cut, then he was fifth, T3, T2, in his last few starts at this joint. Siwoo Kim, 550, top five. Um, I could see him absolutely. He could win this thing by seven. He could be in the lead by seven and make two eights in a row and lose by three, but... He is an absolute gem, and Siwoo Kim is great odds at 550 for a top five. Um, actually is in the mix, believe it or not, even how sporadic he plays for a President's Cup pick. So he would want to impress this week. And I will point out that Siwoo is a guy that for years had this – he was the Cameron champ of 2019, of 2020. Yeah. He was the high ceiling, low floor. I mean, you yeah. can look at him and go – he can win this week, or he can shoot a pair of 82s and be drunk <laughs> on Friday and not even close. Siwoo, over the past year, has really raised that floor. He's become a pretty consistent player. He had a little stretch there of three missed cuts in a row, but other than that, he's playing some really good golf. So I like that play a lot. Uh, sixth all, and you're right, there are a lot of horses for this golf course. This could be one of them. This is an all-or-nothing type guy. I mentioned it last week that – I like going after guys who are sort of, sort of all or nothing, especially at certain golf courses. Brian Harmon has played this event nine times. Brian Harmon has six missed cuts, but he also has a third-place finish and a sixth-place finish and another one that's not too far off. I like him for a top 10 plus 350. He's been top 10 in two of his last three starts overall. At 35, a guy that's 172nd, on the driving distance list on the PGA Tour this year, he's still got it. He's still playing really well. Legitimately written down here, we don't talk, as we say no. every time. My seventh hole is my top 40 bets, but Brian Harmon, not a very valuable minus 135 where I saw him, but same as you said, I thought, look, he's missed the cut a multitude of times, but he's had those two top 10s. Seems to be trending-ish towards what would be a decent week. I went with conservative plays this week on top 40 bets, one third, minus 135 for Harmon. And this is where I looked at Jason Day, 
minus 110, top 40. I feel like he can do that again, make the cut and, and make a move. So uh, those were my sort of top 40s. I, I normally always look for the plus value, but I don't mind these two. In fact, if you can parlay the two of them together to make top 40 or to make the cut, that might be a good option as well. I love top 40 parlays, by the way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what a good sweat that is with your guys tied for 38th place going into Sunday, and you just need that <laughs> through to, to win the parlay. Okay, I, I'll give you a few guys to potentially throw into some top 40 parlays, and uh, this is the eighth hole here, and these guys all have something in common. See if you can figure out what they have in common. Mark Hubbard, Alex Smalley, Grayson Sig, and Michael Glidgick. Any ideas? They got a college in the area? No, no. It's This is a tough one. But they all missed the cut last week. Ah. <laughs> Prior to that, they were all playing really, really well. I believe Hubbard had made the cut in yep. four straight. Or Hubbard was three of four. Smalley, three of four. Sig had made it in four straight. Glidgick was top 30 in three out of four. And the fourth was a 31st place finish. In any case, they all are not that far off from playing really good golf. They all missed the cut last week. I like jumping back on them, whether it's DFS, top 40 type plays. I think the price will go up a little bit on all of these guys, and I, I like striking on them after having a weekend off. <laughs> it's, it's uncanny. Look, three of those names I did not have down, but my ninth hole, long shot for the week, Alex Smalley. Yeah. Anywhere between 80 to 100 to 1, depending on where you look. And also, by the way, 70 to 1 first round leader. Keep that in mind because uh, I'm going to go to first round leader bets later, but add him to whatever I get to later on. But Alex Smalley is a member at Sedgefield. Grew up there. He actually procured his card into uh, KFT finals last year by getting a sponsor's invite to the event and with four holes to go, was looking like he was going to miss out on the. He only needed like 15 points to get into the KFT finals, which... Mind you, he went on to get his tour card from, and this is his rookie season. He's having a good one, by the way, at about 63rdish on the points list. But Alex had four holes to go, needed something to get, get done, and birdied the last four. And he told a story earlier this week to me. He said, the first hole of that run is a par five, and he hit his drive into the fescue, and he'd lost a ball in the pro-am there early in the week, and he thought his run was done. And they get there, and they find it. Not only do they find it in the deep stuff, but he's like, this might be a break. It might be a little bit embedded. Called the rules official over. Called the players. They're like, yeah, kind of. Uh, let's see. They feel down in the grass, find a little hole. They said, yeah, get a drop. And he's able to drop it on a matted down part. Chips it just sideways. It's a five under six feet. Birdies, birdie, birdie, birdie. Off the KFT finals. Gets his tour card a few weeks later. And now he's inside the top 70 of the FedEx Cup. Wow. What a great story. <laughs> I love sort of the butterfly effect, the domino yeah. theory happens so often in golf, which can be traced back to like one shot. I mean, yeah. one swing of the golf club and it's make or break. Max Homa has a great story like that. Max Homa, who's probably going to be on the President's Cup this year, who's won four times on the PGA Tour now. At one point, I believe in Q school, it might have been second stage of Q school, if I'm remembering correctly, I had to birdie the last four holes and did it. And now he's looking at, you know, he's a top 20 player in the world. I I love stories right. like that. Alex Smalley could be a really nice play. He's a good long shot this week as we make the turn. I'm going to grab a quick beverage. Benny, I'll get something for you maybe because I owe you one, but I want you to tell the people <laughs> about the Tour, pick them live where we're looking for some of those long shots. 
Yeah, it's a free game that we have there at pgatour.com, PGA Tour Pick'em Live, and get in there and make your equivalent picks for a winner, a top 10, a top 20, and some um, each-day round options as well, uh, three balls and, and first-round leader, et cetera. And instead of cash, you get coins, points, you know, and the most points at the end of the week gets cash prizes up to $5,000 worth of prizes there. And no risk betting, essentially. Change your, your picks at any stage while the markets are open, but only get current odds. So, therefore, the key is to get them at long odds. Alex Smaller would be a great one to start with at 8,000, you know, or or someone in the 50-plus range that you think might win because the guys at the top, they'll, they'll tighten if they start well, but maybe not as much as you'd get from a long shot. So um, always start there. And Yeah, I said Smaller, mate. By the way, I saw that you could get in for top six for like 15 to one. I think I'm bet 365, anyone who's into that. You never know. I just think he's a good kid and he's, he's looking good. And speaking of the butterfly effect, Cameron Young, we were talking about him earlier. Cameron Young was on the trying to Monday into KFT events a couple of years ago, two yep. years ago. Had had enough, had one more in the season, one more to go. Didn't want to go. Said, nah, I'm done. I'm out. Not going to fly. His missus said, you, you really should go. It's only one more. Said, nah. She rang his dad, who was his coach. His dad called him and said, get off your bum. One more. Go do it. Monday qualifies. Top tens gets to the following week, wins, wins, gets onto the PGA tour, and now is cleared lay down Mazzea rookie of the year. Like just ridiculous. He doesn't he wasn't going to go to the Monday qualifier that got him on the run that got him to the tour. So like this is these are the things that people have to remember when they start to feel a bit down. Just keep grinding. Uh, we'll have a little conversation about this before we get to the back nine. I'll give you my favorite domino effect ever, which happened in two thousand for Jason, or excuse me, 2005, Jason Gore, uh, as you remember, almost won the U.S. Open that year. Afterwards, went on a tear. He won three times on what was then the Nationwide Tour, got an in-season call-up to the PGA Tour. At the time, they would take 20 players off the Nationwide money list, the top 20. Jason Gore got his PGA Tour card, then won on the PGA Tour, which essentially made him, him exempt. Instead of taking the top 20, they went 2 through 21 that year. Number 21 on the list, who wouldn't have gotten in if Jason Gore hadn't won on the PGA Tour that same season, was a guy named Bubba Watson. All he did was oh. keep the card the next year and go on to win two Masters tournaments. So, I mean, the, the butterfly effect is really something in the game of golf. All right, let's make that turn. Tenth all, I'm up, a player that I'm always a little bit reticent to play over a four-round tournament, but I love him for just 18 holes, and especially at this one. Harold Varner III, I hit first-round leader on him two years ago when he shared it with Roger Sloan and Tom Hoagie. He's 35-1. to 1. His last five Thursday rounds at Sedgefield, scoring average, 64.8. Benny, you're, you're in the Zoom right now going nuts, throwing stuff at the camera. What's up? Yeah, because he's on my list of first-round leader. <laughs> and I saw him between, by the way, Bet365, but look around. They were 55 to 1 for Harold for Ooh. first round leader at the moment. That's Monday afternoon. I don't know if that'll stick. Um, but you're right. I saw it 35 to 55. For exact reasons. I did the same research as you, clearly. And I'm the same. I don't necessarily love him over four rounds. So that's why I saw value there. I mentioned Smalley, 11th hole I'm on here. So it's my first round. Smalley, I mentioned 7,000. So, you know, it's his home course if he gets an early tee time. I can yep. see him putting up a low one. And then the other guy I like uh, potentially in this market is, uh, again, you can get between 35 and 50 uh, or 5,000, sorry, first-round leaders, someone who sewed up their 
trip to the PGA Tour next year last week. He likes to be called Tom, and it's Tom Kim. Uh, I think he might get some momentum and freed up after the fact that he is statistically in. Like, it, we did, we had to crunch so many numbers, and basically in the worst possible scenario, which would mean this player finishes exactly here, 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 the worst case he could end is 125. So thankfully he is in and done and dusted. And uh, yeah, so we're looking forward to seeing him keep that role on Tom Kim, first round leader option. Well, I named a few of the guys before you got to name them. You named Tom Kim before I got to him. I have him right here on the index card, slotted <laughs> for the 14th hole, but I'll throw him in the 12th hole. Uh, Tom Kim, now I like him in head-to-head markets. Uh, doesn't mean I don't like him for some outrights, some props, but I really think in the head-to-head markets where he's going to be matched up, and as we speak right now, uh, most matchups aren't available yet, but right around the same price, maybe even a little bit bigger price, then Denny McCarthy, Kevin Kisner, Justin Rose, Jason Day, Adam Long. I'd probably play Tom Kim against all or most of those guys if I get him right about even money. Guy's playing really well right now, and what he's doing is, Benny, he's playing with house money. He's playing yeah. with nothing to lose. Those are the guys that I love betting on, the guys that essentially it's like, hey, I got a free roll. I got a free spin. Let's go see what happens where all these guys, whether you're playing to get into the top 125, you're trying to get into the top 70, so you have an inside track on the second playoff event, trying to get into the top 30. Even the good players are trying to clinch one of those top 10 spots for that extra Comcast money. Tom Kim is sitting there going, dude, this is sweet. Uh, I got my card already. All I got to do is go out and play, and hey, if I don't play well, I'm still – going to play on here on this tour next year. So I love that fact. All right. Well, I guess I'll go to my um, matchup guy. The guy that I thought, again, haven't seen anything, but figured just by name that you might find some value with him against others. Uh, it's a couple of top tens in the last two times. Ridiculously, it, I almost thought there was a mistake. I didn't put two and two together when I looked at his T7 last year and was like, wait, what? Forgetting that six guys were in the playoff and he missed it uh-huh. by a shot. But Russell Henley, I think you might find some value against other players in an arena. I don't know exactly if you will, you know, who they might pit him up against. But he's someone who I think you could sprinkle right through, including an outright victory. I like Henley to sort of find his rhythm at this course again. As I said, two top tens, making his push through uh, to try to get, you know, momentum into and get sort of a little bit of a revenge because he really should have won last year. He was flying, and I think what he what one over or something in the final round, or you know, and he had a chance to join that playoff and so and and stuff that up. So I think, oh, do you show me now? You got him somewhere. So there you go. Like, yeah, I just I I don't know. A bit of karma for Russell Henley, I think, is coming. So I like him in the matchups. I will be talking all about Russell Henley in just a few holes. <laughs> oh, by the way, last year, and this is one of my favorite golf and gambling stats of the past year. Russell Henley was the first player in over 20 years since Emmanuel Kananika at the 2001 <laughs> Nissan Open to lose by one stroke and not cash top five tickets from that Fair event. Enough. That year, the 2001 Nissan at Riviera, Robert Allenby beat a yeah. group that included Brandel Chambly and Dennis Paulson. <laughs> yes, incredible. I remember I did it actually – a year or two ago, I did an oral history of that playoff with that on me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that was uh, incredible. Brandon was quite funny on it as well. But, like, it was 
teaming down with Rain, I think, or whatever from my memory. But yeah, uh, unreal, unreal six man playoff. Yeah, so that, that's that's my call. Um, you're going to get to him later, so it's now your hole, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to get to another guy. And and by the way, last year on this very podcast, I picked Russell Henley for a top five, which is why <laughs> I remember that so clearly. Oh, brutal. That hurts a little bit. Yeah. All right, 14th hole. Look, there's no point in being able to correctly pronounce Christian Bizadenhut's name yeah. if you're not going to take him. The guy's been playing really well. I think he's becoming more comfortable on the PGA Tour with every week that goes by. Four top 20s in his last seven starts, plus 140 for another one this week. I think it's a really good number. In fact, Benny, he's been doing everything really well other than chipping around the greens. Last year, Mm -hmm. if he had enough starts, he would have been third in strokes gained around the greens. So I'm not too worried about that. This is not a Victor Hovland situation where he sucks at chipping to paraphrase Victor. Uh, no, he's pretty good, usually around the greens. And so uh, we'll see if uh, he can get that back. But all, all the rest of his, uh, his performance has been pretty good, off the tee, approach shots, and uh, putting recently. Yeah, and he's another guy that's actually, you know, in the conversation for the President's Cup too. I want to obviously impress his fellow South African uh, captain there. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't pick him up in my research, but that's on my bad end, not yours. I think that he's a, definitely a good pick for most weeks. He's definitely been finding his feet and, and getting a lot more consistent over time. So um, I'm going to move to a top 20 play, a nice conservative one again, but it's a guy I just said that Russell Henley should have won last year. Mm-hmm. If he shouldn't have won, this guy absolutely should have won. And we can cue my music. My Aussie pick this week, Adam Scott for a top 20 at plus 110. Uh, how was it? About two feet the part to win the whole thing in that how playoff? How did he not go over and look at Siwoo uh, Kim's putt, which was on the same line? It was like... You, it was, you uh, missed the hole. Yeah, it was one of the like, worst I've ever seen. They make you turn around and you can't look at it or yeah. something. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know what happened. It was one of the worst parts I've seen. Adam Haven, by the way, I've seen some shockers uh, yeah, over, the, over the years covering him very closely. But given what was on the line and, and the the difficulty of it, which was very minimal, that one was tough, tough to swallow and tough to watch. But I think that Adam will return. And I, as I said, I've gone conservative, plus 110. He, he showed some really good stuff last week in patches, but then some terrible stretches as well, which took me out of, I was thinking, top five, top 10 earlier. I've gone conservative, 110 at top 20 for Adam Scott. 78-65 on the weekend in Detroit yeah. for Adam. Not he, he was. Yeah. 16th hole. I like this bet just because we talked about all the craziness that happened last year. Russell Henley led by three going into the final round, missed a short par putt on the final hole to get into the playoff. Would have made a seven-man playoff, but <laughs> as you can see, there's a lot of twists and turns at this one. A lot of weird things can happen. DraftKings has the winner to come from the final pairing, no, at plus 175, how many times have we seen in the last couple of months, Benny, the w- eventual winner coming from two or three groups back where uh, we're looking at the guys who lead going in, and it's really hard to step on the gas pedal, play offense when you've already got the lead, at a place where you're going to have to go low again, I can certainly see that happening. Tony Finau did a really good job of it on Sunday where he was the leader going in and still he was tied with Taylor Pendrith and still went out there and, showed that offensive firepower, but it's not always that easy. And so I'm going to take 
the winner from somewhere off the final pairing this week. Plus 175 is a good number for it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fair. Uh, so people can go, definitely can go low at Sedgefield. We've had 59 there in the past, so yep. you get someone coming from way back. Um, all right. My number one winner, as I said, I almost um, slotted him in in front of him, but because I just want to go with my gut, and since I was correctly able to say we should fade him last week as he gets ready for this week, Mr. Will Zalatoris is your man. It's hard for me to sort of give too much to quantify it. It just has been one of those feelings I've had for a while that he was going to finish the regular season on a bang and potentially do something in the playoffs as well. I would not be surprised if, you know, young or Zalatoris who haven't won this year somehow won the FedEx Cup with a couple of wins at the very end. Um, That's definitely doable. Now, we said, Chabran, I've seen from 1,200 to 1,800 for Zalatoris at the moment um, across it. Really look around. Try to find the higher number if you can. He wasn't that great last week, but I kind of expected that. He's been playing a lot, so he was. it was almost like he was having a sort of practice week. But the cool thing about it was he seemed to get better each day, like yeah. it was gearing up for something coming ahead. So I'm going to say that either that this week's going to be another step up and put the foot on the gas, Salatoris to win, and if he doesn't, keep an eye on him the week after. <laughs> Grant Snedeker, Patrick Reed, Webb Simpson, all among those who are turned out to be very good players, got their first career victory in Greensboro. So I can certainly yeah. see that for Salatoris. Look, I like him this week. And then the guy that I mentioned before, you mentioned him. I said I'd talk about him later. Russell Henley. Maybe it's a little karma play, but I really liked his ball striking last week. He was second in the field, tee to green, behind only Tony Finau, who won the golf tournament. I love that. I love the fact that Russell Edley's probably got more gas in the tank than most other players this time of year. He hadn't played a non-major tournament in three months, 12 full weeks until last week. And so him coming in at right around 30 to 1, that number's fluctuating depending on the book. But I think Russell Henley is a really nice play to avenge that loss of last year where he could have, should have, would have possibly won this golf tournament. That is... Our 18 holes, 18 bets for this week's Wyndham Championship. Thanks so much to everybody out there for listening to this edition of the Links and Locks podcast. Remember, you can find this podcast anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, and listen every single week. For Ben Everill, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with your bets for this week's Wyndham Championship. Here's hoping you hit the green. <laughs>